Hello and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Rue of BTN.com. And football season, you know, it's getting closer. Big Ten Media Days is in the rearview mirror. So I had another guest with a football background, a Big Ten football background, and a football future as well. Uh, NFL rookie, Denver Broncos, Troy Fumagalli. He's a former Wisconsin Badgers tight end, an all-Big Ten player, and a fun conversation coming up here in just a minute. So... Uh, like I said, media days kind of kicked off unofficially football season last week here in Chicago. And next week, BTN is going on the road. We'll be on the BTN bus tour, stopping at all 14 schools in the Big Ten, doing a, lot, a uh, TV show from each stop. And I'll be on the, the tour as well, talking to athletes, getting some uh, good hashtag content for social media, all that fun stuff. So uh, we'll be doing some, just like last year, some podcasts from the road, talking to, to players at each stop, hopefully. And uh, getting you know all the Big Ten fans out there, some fun stuff to listen to as, as we get closer to football season. So first things first, we'll get to the interview with Troy Fumagalli on this episode. And right before we get to that, I just want to remind everyone out there to continue to subscribe. Well, if you've already subscribed, continue to listen. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe and continue uh, to tune in weekly and rate the show if you uh, if you enjoy it. Leave a comment. I uh, got a lot of positive feedback on you know on social media lately. Uh, last week's episode with Joel Klatt, Matt Liner was was uh, well received. So uh, we appreciate you know the, the positive feedback that we do receive, and uh, encourage you to do that if you like the show. And one more reminder: we do have an ongoing coupon code on the BTN.com online store through the Take Ten podcast. The coupon code is Take Ten, all caps, T A K E, and the number one and zero. And with that coupon code. You can take 10% off any order at the btn.com online store. So you go to the online store, uh, click shop, and football season coming up, you know, you're going to want to get all the gear. You got to get your hot weather gear for early in the season. Got to get your bundled up gear for when the weather starts to turn in the fall. It gets a little chilly. So make sure you have uh, all the swag you need and take 10% off any order on the btn.com online store. All right, with that out of the way, we will get to my interview with former Wisconsin Badger, current Denver Bronco, Troy Fumagalli. That starts right now. I'm very pleased to be joined by a former All-Big Ten tight end from Wisconsin. He's a current rookie with the Denver Broncos. It is Troy Fumagalli. Troy, what's up, man? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Troy, campus started for you guys here uh, out in Denver. I'd imagine your life is, is pretty consumed by football like nearly all the time do you get much free time these days and and how do you spend that free time when you're not with me doing podcasts um, here yeah actually today's our first off day um which is nice we've been going out for about a week now so um honestly just relax uh, get off my feet don't think about football for a little while um and it's nice to do there's so much to do in denver and it's a nice area so it's pretty easy yeah and we'll get into that uh experience you've been having as an nfl rookie here in a little bit and everything you're post-grad life at Wisconsin is entailed but first I wanted to talk a little bit of Badgers with you and uh Troy I'm sure you know you can't search your name on Google without finding 50 articles about how you're missing your left index finger like that's the that's the storyline the media likes to run with um especially when you broke out as a, as a major talent how you had that finger amputated as a baby due to due to a condition you had at birth so I'll ask you not about the finger but how sick you are of being asked that question how sick are you of that that's that narrative being out there um you know what uh I kind of got used to it. You know, so many people, to me, it's not a big deal, but so many people think it's cool and, and um, you know, kind of want me to talk about it. So 
I have no problem doing that, you know. Um, it's just part of me. It's part of my story. So, um, yeah. Did you get any weird questions from, like, NFL front offices during when you had those uh, pre-draft interviews? Are there any weird questions about it? Was anyone concerned? Uh, you know what? I actually did not. I got, uh, you know, some some people would ask to see it. Um, you know, some would be like, you know, you know, I think that's cool that you can do it like that. But um, not too many had a problem with it. Not too many were concerned with it early. All right. And obviously it hasn't affected you on the field at all. So we'll we'll drop that topic and get into your uh, your Wisconsin Badger days. And, and first I want to get into your path to Wisconsin because – you grew up in Illinois, uh, obviously ended up with the Badgers, but uh, a story I came across while I was looking into your background, is it true that if not for like a, a changed phone number you had at one point, you might have ended up at North Carolina State? Uh, yeah, you know, it kind of came down to that wire there towards um, signing day, and, you know, there was a lot going on, but at the end of the day, my heart was at Wisconsin. Um, you know, I just love the people there. I love the school. It's kind of, you know, you kind of go there on a visit and it sells itself. You know, there's so many good people around it such a good community and the football tradition so um you know I was thinking about it for for a little while but at the end of the day uh, I couldn't I couldn't say no to Wisconsin. So how did that offer process like go down were, were the NC State coaches uh putting that on the table and then uh you know you changed phone numbers and they thought you weren't interested how did that happen? Um so basically it all happened when um coach Bielema decided to leave he was um there's about 14 of us committed at the time and coach B left and um, that was before they found a hire and actually the tight end coach at the time who uh, you know kind of recruited me heavily tight end coach at Wisconsin uh, he left to go to NC State and then I also knew coach Dorn from um, NIU so um, with that kind of combined I uh, you know I took a visit out there I liked it a lot and um, you know they kind of put me on the clock you know we, we need to make a decision by this date that date and um they ended up calling me, and I think I somehow missed the call, um, you know, due to a different phone number or whatever, and um, so that kind of made my decision easy. Right, so you end up in Wisconsin, and you start as a walk-on there. I'm curious uh, as to your attitude about, toward walking on, I guess, like, were you going in uh, knowing, obviously, that you'd be brought on scholarship with the program Wisconsin has there? But, but what was your mindset going in as a walk-on, um, just in general? You know what? Um, you know, Wisconsin has such a rich walk-on tradition. And, and really, you know, regardless of your path, um, you know, everyone's – there's no judgment, right? You start the same day one, whether you're a walk-on, you're a five-star recruit. You walk into that door, everybody's equal. And, um, and that was kind of my mindset. You know, I had complete confidence in myself. I knew I could play at that level. And, um, you know, I just kind of went with it. I took it one day at a time and, and kind of enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, that's how I went about it. So you always see these stories, like, in the media about players earning their scholarships, and they're, they're usually notified, and, or that sometimes they're notified in a cool way. You were brought on a year early um, by Coach Anderson, uh, or brought on scholarship a year early. So is there any unique story, like, how you found out, or did they just kind of let you know? Um, you know, he kind of, it was cool. He told me, he brought me in his office, he told me. And then, um, honestly, the coolest part about it was when he called me, um, my dad was on the line as well. So my dad was at work and then he, we kind of had a conference call and he told my dad and, um, you know, that's the coolest part. Anytime, um, you know, you got your, your family in there with you and, and, um, you know, it means a lot to them. That That's the, uh, that was kind of the coolest part for me is just, um, when Coach Anderson told my dad. That's awesome. Um, obviously, you played in some very 
talented, successful teams at Wisconsin. You guys uh, won a lot of games there. Were, were there any teammates? I mean, you, you played with the likes of Melvin Gordon, et cetera. Were there any teammates who just flat out amazed you when you watched them just because, you know, some of the talent you guys had in those teams? Yeah, you know, there's there's so many. I could, um, you know, I could pick, I could I could choose a dozen people. But, um, you know, the one I'll say is, is I was only there for a year with him, but it was James White. Um, he, you know, he was such a professional, the way he carried himself. Um, on and off the field, the way he studied the game, and, and really the way he played. Um, you know, that was one guy that, you know, day one when I walked in, uh, stuck out to me. For sure. Um, are there any interesting stories from, from your teammates or anything that happened? Like when you reflect on your days at Wisconsin, is there one story that you always tell people uh, that, you know, either made you laugh or was unique in any way? Because I feel like whenever I have people on the podcast, there's always one or two that stick out in their mind. Um. I hate to put you on the spot, but <laughs> yeah, um, I would have to think about that. All right, we'll, um, we'll come back to it. There's just so yeah, yeah, you'll come back. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it at the end though, so I'm holding you to it. Okay. Um, you also had a couple different head coaches at Wisconsin, three if you count Barry in the bowl game, and then kind of four if you count Bielema recruiting you. What was that like, just having to go through that transition, especially at a, a program like Wisconsin that you know didn't really miss a beat? Yeah, you know it's it's interesting and. Um, you know, it's cool because, you know what, you, you grow closer to the people that, um, you know, the players that are around there, the, the foundation that's set. And, and as all that changes around you, you really got to understand and you really learn to understand is that, um, you know, it's the players that, that make the thing go, right? There's coaches come and go, but you guys are there. You guys are stapled there. There's nothing you can do. So um, it kind of just brought us together and, and um, you know, it kind of uh, forced us to move forward. Sure. And uh, what was what was it like playing for Barry Alvarez in a bowl game? What kind of head coach was he? Um, it was great. You know, um, obviously, uh, you know, he didn't do too much just because, um, you know, the offensive corner and defensive corner were still there. But, you know, just to play for a guy with, who, you know, had so much success at Wisconsin, so much history behind him, um, you know, that was an experience I won't forget. Did any of the bowl games you, you played in stick out uh, above – the rest I mean you played in some cool venues some cool bowls uh was there a favorite for you obviously you had a big game in the cotton bowl uh so I'd imagine that one's near the top yeah you know all of them were fun just just to be in different cities and and um you know being treated you know uh well but I would say the cotton bowl just because um you know it was my first time in Dallas and um you know we played well and I got to play against one of my um we're good buddies childhood friends and um and just the outcome of it I think I would say the cotton bowl uh, in that Cotton Bowl, you guys faced Western Michigan, and, and P.J. Fleck was the head coach at the time of the Broncos, and then uh, your senior year, he was the coach at Minnesota. Was was there any difference uh, playing against a P.J. Fleck-led team at Western Michigan versus Minnesota? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think P.J., um, I think he gets a lot of criticism. But I really do think he's a good coach. You know, you say whatever you want about him, but, um, you know, he gets, you know, he's a winning coach, and I respect him a lot. And um, one thing I'll say is that Minnesota team wasn't his recruits. I think you got to kind of wait and see, um, give him a couple years, get his own players in there, get his own system and culture in there, um, and then we'll see. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that about PJ because, you know, he does get flack, like you said, but every time I've been around him, you know, he, it seems genuine. Like, I, I don't think he's just saying, like, all this rah-rah stuff just to say it, like, when, you know, whether it be at a media day or on campus there in Minnesota. Like, he always has that – uh, I think that sense of uh, genuine, you know, caring about his players, and, and I'm glad you kind of confirmed that. Sure, exactly. Um, 
All right, so we'll take it to your senior year. Last year, you guys obviously had an incredible season. Uh, came down really to the wire to one drive in the, the Big Ten Championship game. I got to ask, was that, was that pass interference? And, and you know which play I'm talking about against Ohio State when you guys were driving down four? Yeah, I thought it was. But you know what? We had so many opportunities to, um, you know, to score, put ourselves in a better position. So, um, you know, regardless of what happened there, um, you know, it's football. Things happen. There's always another opportunity you can make uh, to change the game. So when you reflect on last season, you know, you, you fell short of the college football playoff, but it was such an incredible, you know, season as a whole, and you guys beat Miami in the bowl game. So uh, how do you reflect on that kind of the season as a whole from 30,000 feet? Yeah, you know what? It was it was a great season, and, and there's so many memories. And, and that's the one thing that, um, you know, going through it, you got to understand is, is you know, the beauty's in the journey, right? Everyone talks about, oh, they won this game, they won that game. But um, just showing up every day, working with guys that um, – that you respect so much and love playing with. Um, and every day, those are the things that you miss. Those are the things that, um, you know, really make the year special. So, And I mentioned, you know, you finished your career, college career, on a high note by beating Miami in the in the Orange Bowl. Um, what was it like going against Miami? You know, they had all that swag last year, like they always do when they're good. Uh, they had the turnover chain and all that. What was it like playing down there, basically a home game for them? Yeah, you know, it was really cool. I love that stadium, the new Hard Rock they did there. And, um, you know, it was a great venue. Orange Bowl has so much history behind it and so many, you know, great teams have played in it. And uh, just kind of going in that road environment one last time um, and winning and come out on top, it was it was a special experience. So everyone saw Paul Chris' uh, colorful words about the turnover chain. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I'll just ask, did that surprise you, uh, seeing that come out of his mouth? Um, no, do you know, the most surprising thing about it was he wasn't talking to anyone, you know, usually, um, you know, I, I would think he would say it to one of us or a coach. Um, that was, that was kind of the most shocking thing to me is when he said it, he just kind of said it. It was hilarious. Cause you know, he's so to the outside, at least, you know, to an outside observer, he's so low key. And then when he, when he dropped that, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know what he, um, he's a great coach and a great guy. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty funny. He did that. All right, so we'll put a bow in the Wisconsin discussion uh, and get to your, your pro career, which is in its infancy right now. But uh, you're, you're doing work out in Denver, getting ready for the, the season coming up here. First off, I just want to start. Take me through uh, the NFL draft process, what that overall uncertainty is like, You know, not knowing where you're going to be. You could be in 30 different cities. Um, like, What were the workouts and the interview process like? Just having to go through that. Uh, I imagine being so different from your day-to-day college life. Yeah, you know what? It was it was different, and um, you know it was long, but it was something that you only experience once in your life, and you really got to tell yourself that every day, and uh, just kind of embrace it. But you know, it was definitely unique, and um, you know, obviously my situation, um, I didn't get to work out, I didn't get to run at the NFL combine due to injury, so um, my situation was a little different than others. But um, you know, once again, you got you got to make the most of it. Had you been to Denver before being drafted by them? I have not, no, first time. So how's the adjustment been? Just, you know, such a different part of the country, especially compared to a place like Madison. How's, it, how's that been? It's been great. You know, um, I like it here a lot. There's a lot of good people, a lot of, you know, rich football tradition here. Everybody loves the Broncos, and um, the tradition so far has been really good. Has anything surprised you just living in that part of the country, with, you know, whether it be mountains or, or whatever? Has anything caught you off guard? Um, 
yeah, the one thing that people really understand is, um, you know, Denver's 5,000 feet in the air. So uh, you get out of breath quicker, especially on the football field. You got to, you know, it takes about a month to get used to the altitude and run around. Um, so that was something I had no clue um, or didn't think about before coming here. Yeah, is that camp just a lot harder then for you just to, you know, I know you're, you're just getting back from injury, but um, to have to adjust to that altitude compared to playing in the Midwest? It was at first. You know, we do, you know, there's such a good staff here, um, you know, strength and conditioning that uh, they do a good job of getting us ready to go and getting us prepared for that altitude. So at first it was, but now um, it's not a big deal. What was the whirlwind like, you know, in the first 24, 48 hours after you got drafted and you know, having to uproot your life? What was that? experience like for you uh it was really cool you know all my uh close friends that i grew up with all my close family that you know all the people that basically helped me get to where i am today we we're all kind of together at home and um just getting that phone call and seeing everybody around you know that was that was something i won't forget that moment i won't forget all right so you're in camp now and and one thing that we got a kick out of here at btn when looking into your uh your guys' roster, you guys have five former Big Ten tight ends under uh, under coach, other coach Chris uh, at, at Denver. What's that like having, you know, such a, I guess, I mean, you weren't the same team with, with these guys, but having kind of that Big Ten family and, and competing against those guys? Yeah, it's cool. You know, we all um, have cross pets, you know, whether it's we played against each other or um, played with each other. I played with Austin, but – um, that's kind of cool. You know, we all kind of share that. And in Big Ten tight ends, we all kind of um, play similar ways. You know, you're expected to do both, um, you know, block, be a receiver, and all that. So, um, you know, we kind of have mutual respect for each other. And the tight ends coach is Coach Chris' brother, right? Yes. Is it Jeep Chris or Geep Chris? We were debating at the office here. <laughs> Jeep. Jeep. All right, like the car. Uh, is he similar to your former head coach at Wisconsin, or are they, are they different? No, they're very similar. In what way? Very, very similar. Um, yeah, they, they have same personality, similar personality, similar, um, you know, love for the game and knowledge for the game and um, everything like that. So they're, I would say they're very similar. All right, so the season's coming up here in about a month. Uh, NFL's obviously a whole different ball game. Are there any particular teams or cities or players, anything about the NFL, whether it be guys you grew up watching or a stadium you really wanted to play in, anything you're looking forward to um, in particular? Um, not necessarily, I guess just, just the next chapter, you know, just challenging yourself, starting over, you know, I kind of feel like a freshman again, but, um, you know, kind of starting over and, and working, um, you know, the best I can working my way up and, uh, just enjoying the process. Um, I'm just kind of taking it day, day by day. One thing that guys always mention when jumping from uh, college to the pros is just the speed of the game. Has that been as big an adjustment as most people say, like for you, have you noticed like such a big difference in, in just the overall speed of the pro game? Yeah. You know, during practice and everything, um, you can definitely tell that the game moves quicker. You know, the guys are smarter. Um, there's a little more that goes into it, but, um, you know, like I said, that's the fun of it, right? You always want to challenge yourself and, and make the most out of it. All right. How about the food in Denver? What have you been, what have you been eating out there? Because, if I ever visit Denver, you know, I'm going to need some recommendations. So what, what have you been eating out there um, in your free time? Um, you know what? Honestly, I haven't been out much. I came here and um, I kind of just eat at the facility and they handle it. And, they have, you know, they, they have chefs there and it's been great. Um, so I got to get back to you on that one. Is Denver known for like any sort of food? I don't even <laughs> I don't even know. But I guess, you know, if you if you got the chefs cooking for you, why pay for it? 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I should make <laughs> ask that one too. All right. Um, what else? Like in your free time, you know, you don't have much. Do you have any any TV shows you're binging right now? Any uh, you, you're Fortnite guy? What do you? What else you got going on in your free time out there? Yeah, um, I play Fortnite. That's my thing. <laughs> oh no. Because we we were just at Big Ten Media Days and we asked all the guys uh about fortnite Fortnite, like their favorite dance where they're dropping like i i don't play personally but i you know i picked up on some of the terms so uh let's hear it where where are you dropping in fortnite (laughs) um i'm not that into it i guess i kind of just go wherever (laughs) uh i don't have like a like a strategy or anything like that but um no just another thing to get my mind away from (laughs) from football and everything so you're not spending like all hours of the day on it that you're not at at practice i'm not i might today but usually no. Any uh, former teammates of yours that you hop on the sticks with that uh, that you'll play with? Yeah, all my um, all my college roommates, and then guys here too. So uh, Garrett Dooley plays a bunch, Jack Sitchie, um, Joe Ferguson. So we all we all hop on, we all play. All right, so you're a, a Illinois native. Um, you're Chicago land. What do you miss most about this part of the country out here in Chicago? What do you are you homesick at all? What what do you miss most? Um, yeah, you know, obviously I miss my, my family and friends. They're all home. Um, especially this time of year, Chicago's awesome. Um, just being close to home, I guess, just the people there. So you were a, a pitcher in high school, uh, had, had some wicked movement from what I've read on, on your, on your, uh, breaking ball. What's your favorite major league baseball team? Cubs. Cubs fan? Yeah. What do you think this year? You think they got uh, enough juice to to win the World Series? I'm a little worried with the pitching, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you, you know, all it takes all it takes is one team to get hot uh, towards the end of the year. But I think they got what it takes. Do you make it to a lot of Cubs games when you lived in this area, or, or not really? Yeah, I do. I always make it down. Uh, both of my brothers live in downtown in the city, so um, I go down there quite a bit and usually catch a couple, at least a couple a year. Do you have any favorite like Wrigley Field moments? Were you at any cool? games that ended um, crazy yes i went to the nlcs i believe the year they won it um we had a buy that week and, and uh musty brothers and i went down and they beat the dodgers and um and it was a night game it was pretty cool what were you doing the night of game seven how did you watch them win the world series um it was actually i think it was during finals if i'm not no i think it was during midterms but um no i was completely locked in it felt like I felt like it lasted the whole night. I felt like it was 10 hours long, but um, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't want to be around anybody. Um, so I just stayed at home. We watched it, um, my roommates and I. Wow, okay. Yeah, I was I was curious because, like, some people like to, you know, go out, go to the bars, or, or I'm kind of like you. I watched it at home. There were a lot of people there, but I, I watched it at home. I, did, I was – because, like, most people that we were around weren't as big of fans as me. Like, I was, like, like you, locked in, diehard, yeah. all that. So did you go out afterwards then once they – Got it done? I didn't. I think it was, I don't know what day of the week it was, but I think it was like a Tuesday a, or Wednesday, maybe. Wednesday, or, I think. Yeah. Wednesday. Okay, yeah. So, no, I didn't. I should have, though. I was, I mean, I couldn't sleep, so I should have. <laughs> how, uh, I guess just how sick were you or how worried were you when the Indians tied it up in, uh, in the eighth inning? Yeah, I mean, my, my stomach hit the floor for sure. Um, you know, just, just, with all the history behind the Cubs and then blowing it late and everything like that, um, yeah, I was definitely worried. Yeah, I, I felt like, and I've said this before to, to people, like, 
I don't know if I can ever feel like it was just a weird like pit in my chest. I don't think I've ever felt that feeling before. I don't think I ever will again when they tied it. I thought for sure uh, they were gonna blow it, and I don't know where my life would be now if they didn't, because I'm like you, a big Cubs fan. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a very yeah. sickening feeling. No doubt. <laughs> All right, so the season coming up, uh, you got a month left of training camp. What's what's your schedule look like? I guess for the next month because I'm a hard knocks fan you know I, I like watching um you know how training camp kind of plays out where, where are you guys heading the preseason and uh just what's the Broncos calendar look like coming up here and before the regular season gets started uh you know what I don't know that far into the future I know that um next next Saturday we play the uh Vikings at home that's really all I know I'm kind of just uh not getting too far ahead of myself and trying to just Taking it one day at a time, so that's the true football I know our mindset. First two games are home. Um, I think we play the Bears week two, actually. So I think we go Minnesota then Chicago. Um, I was going to ask, do you? Is it is it in Chicago? Is it a homecoming for you, or is it at no, Denver? No, both in Denver. Yeah, I guess you said the first two games are at home. Um, are you a and are you like a football fan? Like, are you going to watch NFL games like on your bye week? Are you a guy who likes to watch a lot of football? Or are you just you know locked into what you guys are doing and not really a fan of other teams? Uh, yes and no. You know, I like watching football, but um, also I like kind of getting away from it a little bit sometimes, you know, especially now when it's the only thing I'm doing. Um, you know, I don't – I like to sometimes turn it off and, and do something else. All right, and before I let you go, Troy, I want to take it back to Wisconsin briefly. Um, obviously, Badgers are loaded coming back this year, coming off an amazing season. What's your outlook for the Badgers in 2018? Um, you know, all the weapons they have and all the success you guys had last year. Uh, I think the college football playoff is, is realistic. I'm assuming you're going to say yes, but I have to ask anyway. Yeah, you know, I think they have, um, you know, they got everything they need there. They just got to, um, you know, they just got to do it. We've been close uh, the last couple of years. So, um, you know, they got all the tools. They got a great chemistry, great, great team. So I think they could do it. Any players in particular you want to watch? You're going to be, you know, watching closely. I know Jonathan Taylor's the, the hot name, but is there anyone you're going to be um, uh, especially focused on? Obviously, just the tight ends. Um, you know, kind of trying to help those guys as I and, and share my knowledge of the game and what I've learned um, through the tight ends that above me and, and sharing with them. So uh, I'm excited to see what they could do. So Xander, Kyle, uh, those guys. Any advice for those guys if you could could give it? Um, just enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it goes so quick and. You put so much work that goes into it, just just enjoy it. All right, Troy. Well, you've been great, but I have to uh, stick to my oh, word. Man, I'm gonna. I, didn't even, didn't even think <laughs> I know you didn't have time to think about any uh, while you're answering other questions, but I'm gonna stick to it. Do you have any sort of stories that you look back on, and um, you know, just that you'll probably tell your grandkids 50 years from now, oh, or or your buddies when you're sitting around at the the, the reunions that'll be coming up eventually. That's so tough. I mean, just every day. I think the, I think the, the funnest part and the people, you know, the part that people don't see about football is just um, everything that goes behind the scenes. You know, in the locker room, guys having fun. Um, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can think of anything right now. I guess one question uh, I kind of have following up on that. I always think of offensive lines are as like kind of the biggest goofball group of any football team. Um, you know, they always have these weird like rituals sure. and stuff. Is a tight end, were you part of that? Were you part of the offensive line? Is that uh, part of a tight end, I guess, like identity? So I would say we're half, we're half part. 
you know, we, uh, you know, there's some stuff that, that we do with them, some stuff not. So, um, you know, I would consider like if we, if we were just with the whole line and we were goofballs, you know, there'd be no, nothing wrong with it. So like, you're not getting uh, a car bought for you by your NFL quarterback. Like that's just for the offensive lineman. Or, or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's just for the whole line. All right, Troy. Well, uh, your answer was acceptable there. I'll take that as a story. And uh, since you have a day off, finally, I'll let you go and enjoy it and play some Fortnite, do whatever. Get Find a new restaurant out there um, so you can have a recommendation. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Absolutely. You've been, uh, like I said, very generous and really appreciate you jumping on. And uh, maybe we'll get you on again here at some point down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot to Troy for joining me. Always love having Wisconsin Badgers on the podcast, and we have plenty of them on. Um, they're always really nice, and they always have plenty to, to talk about from the Wisconsin days because you know they've just had so much success in football and basketball lately. We've got a ton of Wisconsin basketball players on. Um, telling Troy we need to get more Wisconsin football players on because I think we've only had one or two. But uh, regardless, great convo with, with Troy and rooting for him and, and uh, wish him all the best in Denver, uh, except when they're playing the Bears. So. Thanks a lot, Troy. Thanks, as always, to everyone for listening. And thank you. Special shout-out to Wes White, as always, for producing the show. Um, always does a great job. And uh, I don't know if he wants me sharing, but he'll be going on paternity leave here soon. So someone else will have to take over, and they'll get a shout-out at the end, too. So thank you, Wes. And uh, everyone, encourage you to continue to tune in. And we'll talk to you from the bus tour on the road next time here on the Take 10 Podcast.